Hello, hello. You're listening to Twisted Wicked Crime with me, Christina. Warning, this podcast contains mature material, not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year again. Hello to 2024. How was everybody's New Year's? Ours was very low-key. We stayed at home. We uh, barely made it to midnight. We made it to midnight and then passed out. (laughs) So we are old and can't make it to midnight hardly ever. (laughs) We struggled. We watched some Friends episodes and tried to laugh to stay awake, and we did and then fell asleep. (laughs) Uh, Did anybody make any New Year's resolutions? I always am fascinated by resolutions. I have never made a resolution because I know it's never going to happen. What I do is I vow to kind of be, well, not kind of be, I vow to be a better person than I was last year. So I turned 40 last year. So this year I'm really going to try to better with my health. So not drinking beer every night. Okay. That's a start. And and instead of going on walks, going on runs, that type of thing. So just really looking out for my future and being the better version of myself than I was last year. Um, I don't eat horrible all the time, so I'm not really concerned with that. I am drinking beer tonight because, you know, it's Saturday night. and Here we go. We're getting into some murder today again, and I need a drink. <laughs> and it's been a hell of a day, guys. I'm already a beer deep, and I'm drinking another one, so... I might be feeling a little buzz here through the case, but it's been a day. Um, husband went camping, so it was just little girl and I, and we went grocery shopping. We cleaned the house. We did windows, dusting everything, all the blinds, everything in the house. Laundry, which I'm still doing, and it's currently 830 at night. I may be doing laundry till midnight. I have no idea. I'm washing our sheets right now in our comforter, so... It is what it is. I even pulled the weeds in the front yard. And then we went to Target. It's been a day. So these drinks are earned, okay? But that's enough rambling. And I've got a crazy one for you today. It involves a secret lover, some drama, and a murder. This case is like one of my favorite cases. I... It's weird to say. I've heard this case before, but not all these details. So it made me like it even more. This is like a soap opera and I'm here for it. Except for the part where somebody gets murdered. But you get what I mean. Like this has got riches and lovers and just a whirlwind. So let's begin. It's August 22nd. 1922. So yes, we are taking it back to the early 1900s. I love older cases. They are just so fascinating. And like I said, this case is just wow. So today we're talking about Fred and Walburga Ostrich. Ostrich? Ostrich. Sorry. I have a hard time saying that last name. Anyway, she actually, so I'm probably not going to say it again, but I might. (laughs) So Ostrich. Now, Walburga is a very interesting name, but she actually went by Dolly. So that's what we'll be calling her throughout this. 
and they had just returned back to their LA home from a party with some of their friends. They were a cute little couple and loved to do social things. It was 11 p.m. and they were getting ready to head to bed. Dolly took off her coat and headed towards the coat closet to put it away. Now this was located on the second floor. As she's hanging her coat, she's pushed from behind into the closet and then heard the lock click. And this is one of those closets that only locks from the outside. So like, what the fuck? They just got home, back from having a nice night, and now she's being shoved and stuck in a closet? That doesn't seem cool. Now at first, Dolly's like, this is some weird prank that Fred is pulling on me. Like, it's not funny. Ha ha. Now, I can imagine that closet wasn't very big, so I'm sure if she was thinking this was, she was very annoyed and was going to have some more with him when she, he let her out. But, like, that's not a funny joke, like, especially at night when you just want to go to bed. Like, But this was not a joke, and she realizes this as she can hear what sounds like a struggle between two men downstairs, and then she hears three gunshots back to back and then just silence i would be terrified in that closet i'd be screaming to get out and trying to bust out you know that one of those men is your husband and you hear that and i'm gonna like bust down that motherfucking door you bet i am like and then she just hears silence she's probably so scared oh my god she's probably so scared now thankfully thank god a neighbor heard those gunshots and called the police and asked them to go check on the neighbors. Now, when LAPD arrived at the home, it was completely dark still. All the lights were off. They entered and they heard a muffled screaming coming from the second floor. So they raced upstairs to find the closet where Dolly is. Now, next to this closet was a little table with the key. And they were like, huh, this must be the key to the closet. <laughs> Conveniently, yes, it was. They opened the closet and out comes Dolly, very distraught. Now she explains everything to the officers. She tells them that I was shoved into this closet and locked in. I thought my husband I thought it was my husband, but quickly realized that it was not when I heard a struggle and then I heard shots. They had to tell her, yes, those were gunshots that you heard. And when they turned on the lights to the home, there was Fred dead on the living room floor. He had been shot two times in the chest and one time in the head. Ugh. Seriously, guys, lock your doors and windows. This is some scary shit. Someone just comes into your home and does this? Like, what the fuck? Like, scary. My alarm's always set. Like, I'm a paranoid bitch because I do true crime. Like, I don't trust anybody. Nobody. Nobody's safe. Oh, my God. Ugh. So that's scary, right? Now, the house was a mess. There was furniture all over the place and things just thrown about. Just a complete disaster, like a bomb blew off in there. Police are like, this was a robber or a home invasion, which home invasions I don't think happen too often unless you're involved in drugs and stuff. So I'm leaning more towards robbery. Now, they also thought that the robbery was a person like that came into their home like robbing their home and then they weren't expecting fred and dolly to be there and then was startled so he uh killed fred while dolly was in the closet which why would they shove dolly in the closet and kill fred it doesn't make any sense but 
that's kind of where they're like, that doesn't make sense. But who knows? Maybe, maybe they shoved her in the closet so they wouldn't see her and then they were startled by Fred. I don't know. We have no idea at this point. So this could have been internal as well because Fred, was he meant to die? Because Dolly was shoved in the closet? I mean, like I said, did they shove her in the closet and then they were startled by Fred? Or was this intentional and he was meant to die and that's why she was shoved in the closet? This was meant for them and that's what they were thinking, like a bunch of different scenarios. So they started an investigation, baby. Investigation time. Now, once Dolly calmed down, she told police that Fred was the owner of a textile manufacturing company. He had two plants, one in Milwaukee and one there in L.A. He was very successful and he had a lot of money. Dolly, I don't know why I said it like that. Because he was rich. He was fucking buttloaded rich. Now Dolly tells them, and this, tells them that they had two other times with attempted burglary. I don't know why that word is hard. Burglary. That word is so hard to say. They had two of them on the home in recent months. Fred told Dolly that he would hear strange noises in the house at night. And he would notice things missing like money and even food. So attempted burglary is what Fred was thinking, which, yeah, but that's weird because, like, even his cigars were missing. They weren't taking, like, major things. It's just weird things and taking food. Like, someone's just coming in and taking that and leaving. Like, it's just weird. Well, Fred, you heard those noises and you didn't grab your gun or a bat or take a peek downstairs? I'm confused. Like, I'd get my gun. Like. Like, don't mess with me. Like, I hear noises downstairs. I don't have a downstairs. I'm in one story, but still. Where are you at, Fred? With the gun or the bat? Now, after hearing... I'm not blaming Fred, okay? Not... He's the victim here. Now, after hearing all this, officers started to assess the scene. Fred's pocket watch had been stolen off of him. Now, Dolly tells him that this is a very specific special pocket watch try to say that three times fast specific special specific. <laughs> it's too many s's together too many p's but spsp so anyway it was a very specific special pocket watch it was an octagon in shape and it was covered in diamonds on the whole outside like ooh, fancy you can tell they were rich because she tells them that i gave this to him as a gift a few years ago and now it's just gone now, what is strange with this pocket watch was it was the only thing missing from the entire house. This house was ravaged. It was a ravaged mess. And nothing was missing, including Fred's wallet that was filled with cash. In the pocket where he kept the pocket watch. So just the watch, huh? Why would the burglar not take anything, including the mounds of cash, or anything else of value in the home and just ransack it. Were they scared? So investigators believed that after Fred was shot, that they wanted to get the hell out of there and grabbed the first thing that they saw that they believed had any value. Okay, makes sense that the watch hangs out and you grab it and run. Well, neighbors, when they spoke to them, had a different view of things. They always do, guys. Neighbors, they insert themselves when they don't need to, but sometimes they're helpful. 
in this case, they're kind of helpful. So neighbors are saying they saw a man standing in the back of their home and didn't see anyone running out of the front. Hmm. Suspicious. They said when they saw this man outside in the back, the lights went out in the house 20 minutes later. So why would the intruder go back into the house 20 minutes later after killing Fred and turn off the lights and also not take anything else in the process? It's just all very weird. Like, who the fuck was in the house? Who did this? Who would just stand in the backyard after murdering somebody? It's very weird. This is a weird case, guys. It's very weird. Police wouldn't find out why the intruder never left the house and the strange noises that were coming from the house till 10 years later. So they do solve it, but 10 years later. So this is not an unsolved case, guys. So when they did find out the truth, it was like, holy fuck balls. It was more crazy than anyone could ever have imagined. And don't worry, guys. I'm going to tell you. This isn't the end, my friends. It gets solved in the most craziest, wild way. Like, seriously. Like, they have zero clues. But what's in front of them in the way that they're presented things against somebody is just wild. (laughs) But also, don't worry. I will get there. But we need to first talk about who Fred and Dolly were. Like, we have to talk about them as people. Like, were they a good married couple? Like, what's going on, right? So Dolly, she was born in 1880 to German immigrants. I'm not sure if she was born in Germany. I could not find anything on that. And I couldn't find much on her past. But I do know that when she was a teenager, she was living in Milwaukee, where she had also grown up. So she might have been born here in the U.S. to German immigrants. I'm not sure. But this is when she got a job working at Fred's plant. Fred was also a German immigrant. So he was known to hire other immigrants. And this is how they met. Their love story began. Oh, so cute. Now, friends and family described Dolly as the whole package. She was beautiful. She was easy to get along with. And she wanted everyone to be on the good vibes train. And it was also known to break up disputes at the plant between employees. You know, peace, love, and happiness was what Dolly was about. She was a very chill, like, just a guy's dream girl, really. So, of course, she caught Fred's eye. Now, yes, they did start dating, obviously. Hello, they were married. So after they started dating, she was the go-to between Fred at work. Like, Fred, he was a little tough. So they would always go to Dolly with their issues. So they were like, hey, can you ask Fred or can you have Fred know this? Or like, I'm going to be a little late tomorrow. Can you let Fred know because I don't want to? Well, because Dolly was just that chill. And she broke that ice. They dated a few years and then got married. I'm not sure on the year because I could not find that. But I do know that Dolly was in her early 20s given when the time of the Fred's murder takes place. They had already had a son together before they got married named Raymond, who sadly passed away in the year 1910. Now, again, I couldn't find anything on his age or how he died But he was young, and this sadly created tension between Fred and Dolly and their marriage. 
Fred started to drink heavily and put everything he left into himself, into his work. He spent hours at work, and this is left very little time for Dolly. Like, I would be very lonely if I was Dolly. And I couldn't imagine losing a child, but I can't imagine the stress that it puts on a family when it's your only child, too. Like, like how to cope with that. It's like, I don't know. It's just, it's very sad. Fred became more and more grumpy at work and employees would go to Dolly more and more to put out the said fire that he was creating. It was a lot on her. She was basically going through it alone. The loss of her firstborn and her only child being alone because he's at work all the time and drinking. Now this led to the start of many affairs from Dolly. So here we come. Here's the drama. Here's the soap opera. Dolly doesn't matter if you're lonely. Don't fuck other men. Well, while Fred was at work, Dolly was just home and left to herself. Like, what do I do? Oh, gosh. I should go fuck some guys that come along. Now, she had a long line of guys come her way. Their marriage was falling apart, but the business was booming because that's what's important. In 1918, so eight years after Raymond passed, Fred was ready to open his Los Angeles plant. He was ready to open that second one. And he wanted to move out there with Dolly, of course, because they're married. Which, hey, that could just be what their marriage needs, a fresh start. So they bought their Silver Lake neighborhood house and headed out west. Now, let's get back to the investigation because that's really all I could find on their past. (laughs) So let's get back to the investigation. (laughs) I'm thinking this is summer here. I'm not sure. Now, (laughs) let me take a sip of my beer because I just lost my place. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know where my notes are at. Okay, there we go. They knew that Fred had been shot with a 22 caliber pistol. Now, they didn't find much as to evidence. There was a bullet lodged into the ceiling and above Fred's body, for that fact, there were four shell casings around his body, which means there were four gunshots, not three, and a set of unidentified unidentified fingerprints found on the closet doorknob. It is 1922, so fingerprints don't help them much now. Things, God, can you imagine like how much technology we have now and like the things that we can do with like DNA and all that and they didn't have any of this? So I'm in a case was like impossible. God. Now, things would have a positive turn. Just a few days later after Fred was killed, an anonymous caller placed a call to Fred and Dolly's home. Like, why? But anyway, Dolly had a friend staying with her because, you know, she was scared and didn't want to be alone. And when that phone rang, her friend answered and the caller asked, was there going to be any kind of award for information leading to the arrest of the Slayers? As soon as the friend heard this, she's like, who is this? The caller slammed the phone and down and hung up. Detective Klein, who was on the case, he was like lead kind of on the case, felt very strong that whoever placed the call had something to do with Fred's murder. And why did they say Slayers? Was there more than one? They would never find out who that caller was. 
sadly. You know, they didn't have call tracing back then, I don't think. I'm pretty sure they didn't. They were hoping that the caller would call again, so they had anyone answering that phone and hoped that they would ask about the murder or a reward, but that never came. A lead does come through for them that same day, thankfully. Fred's former lead plant manager, Harry Vouse, he was being questioned by a separate team at the station, and he told them that he worked at the Milwaukee plant, but as soon as he heard about Fred, he came to help Dolly. Like, oh, that's a great guy. But they were like, okay, that's great, but we want to know about Fred, who he was as a guy and a boss. He told them that Fred was very difficult to work with. He would lose his temper over the smallest mistakes with the employees, that he would drink and drink heavily, and that he can't recall anyone at work liking Fred at all. Ooh, that's very rough. And he went on and on about everyone who didn't like Fred. One guy caught their attention, Edward Flude. He was a German and a immigrant and an ex-convict that Fred had hired because, right, he likes to hire the immigrants. And he worked in the Milwaukee plant shortly before the LA plant was opened. Edward lived with Fred and Dolly at one point, but Fred fired him. And then he went back to prison, and I don't know why. I couldn't find anything on that, but I do know he went back to prison. And then there were lots of threatening letters to Fred and Dolly saying that he would kill him even if it took a hundred years. All for just being fired. Okay, that seems like a solid lead, right? He did get out of prison before Fred was killed and he was said to move out west where Fred was. This is all lining up, guys. Cops were never able to catch up with him. Never able to find him, so boo. But he isn't our murderer, okay? So it's okay. I just had to throw that in there. Police don't have anything else to go off of. So they sit back down with Dolly. They first asked her about the lights in the home. While they were gone, she said, yes. We left one on upstairs in the bedroom. And another one was the porch light so that they could see when they got home. Now she said the one in the bedroom was to make it look like someone was home. Since they had those previous break-in attempts. Now her story, her story never changed except this one time with the detail with the lights because they asked. Dolly and her friends headed to the funeral home the next day to identify Fred's body, which I find odd. Like, why do you have to identify his body? She knows it's her husband. And when she looked at the body in a whisper, she said, that's my husband's body. Oh, so that's like so heartbreaking. That's her husband. And she couldn't do anything. After she said this, she collapsed on the ground. Oh, my heart. I can't imagine, like, my husband of, like, 20-something years, which we're almost at 20 years, was shot and killed. I couldn't look at his body. That would be so sad. Fred's funeral was held on August 28th, 1922, And he was buried at Forest Lawn Cemetery in Los Angeles. Police still have no clue who killed Fred. I mean, it's only a few days, but still, they have no leads, nothing. Then there's weeks and months later going by. Still not any closer 
And in the winter of 1923, police were just like, oh, straight up out of ideas. I'll quit. No, they didn't quit, but they were just like, I have no idea. They're trying to make sense out of like anything. They're trying to make sense out of the original thought that it was a burglar or burglars. Now, the lead detective on the case, remember I told you, Detective Klein, he was like, nope, I'm not convinced. There's so many strange details that can't be explained away. He was like, why only the pocket watch taken and not the wallet beaming with cash? I don't know why I said it like that either. Because I wish I had a beaming mounds of cash. That's why. That's weird. And why were there... Why were they there 20 minutes more after he was killed? Detective Klein had some gut feelings that Dolly was hiding something. Oh, yes. Oh, your gut never lies. Yes, sweet Dolly, chill Dolly. He had gut feelings she was hiding something and you trust that gut. He knew something, but he couldn't figure out what it was. He even went as far as to examine the closet that Dolly was locked in. Oh, bravo. He was looking for a false door or removable panel to see if she locked herself in but had a way of getting out. Like, wow, in 1923? 22 when this happened? That's wild. Oh my gosh. Like, I didn't think they would have those things back then, but... He's thinking of all, but he couldn't find anything. Detective Klein still had this gut feeling that she was hiding something and it wasn't lining up. And if it wasn't a trap door, it was something. Something suspicious. She told him in an interview, <laughs> like this is what kind of made him suspicious to begin with, was that she told him in an interview that her and her husband had never had a single fight between them. He's like, no bullshit. They'd been married for over 20 years. All couples fight bullshit. Like, all couples do. I don't, I'm just like baffled by that. <laughs> Does anybody else believe her? So please are like, hmm, suspicious. Let's go talk to the neighbors and see what they thought of this said paradise. <laughs> they all said that Fred worked a lot, so it was hard for him to carry out some kind of an affair or secret life, and they had never seen Dolly with another man or heard anything of yelling or anything coming from the house. No loud noises, nothing, until the night that Fred was killed. Detective Klein is not letting this stop him because he's a badass when he was on this case. He was going to keep investigating and digging because he still knew in his gut that something was off with Dolly. Well, soon enough, he would get some information that he was looking for. And he was getting it from someone very close to Dolly. That's, you know, he was just so unexpected, but he got it. This is one of those weird ways, too. That spring, he was walking through the courthouse and he was just strolling along through when who should he run into? Oh, who was also there? Dolly's attorney, Herman Shapiro. That does sound like a lawyer's name. Now the two briefly said a quick hi as they passed each other. But there was this clue that Klein needed so bad that he had been itching for. Because as they passed each other, Klein noticed something. 
very shiny on Shapiro. He was holding a very diamond-studded octagonal, you know, octagon (laughs) pocket watch. I don't, I don't know why I tried to like put that word in there like I was smarty pants. No, the octagon pocket watch. Okay, the very diamond-studded one. Uh oh. This is the same exact type of watch that Dolly said was stolen from Fred, and it matched the same exact description that she gave herself to Detective Klein. Uh-oh, not looking good for our friend Dolly. Klein was like, whoa, stop. Hey, Shapiro, uh, where did you get that watch? Do you mind if we can talk a bit, like come down to the station? Shapiro's like, of course, let's go. They get there, and holy moly, does he unleash the mother load on Klein. Like, he was not expecting this. But, oh, baby, here comes the drama. Eek. Oh, I told you there was drama. See him and Dolly. They aren't just lawyer and client. They are lovers. Secret lovers. Oh, boy. She tells Klein that she gave him this watch for his birthday, and he thought that it was just something that she had made for him, not realizing that it had belonged to her former lover, her dead husband. Wow. Just wow. Drama. Yeah. So wild. (sighs) Drama. Now with this, Klein was like, Dolly? Hey, you need to get down here and we need to talk again. So Dolly goes down there and he mentions this to her and she's like, Oh my gosh. I totally forgot that I found the watch while I was cleaning and I forgot to tell you. Oh my gosh, silly me. I just found it cleaning and I didn't want to just like sitting in a drawer collecting dust. And I was like, hey, it's my lawyer's birthday coming up. So I'll just give it to him as a thank you for all he's done. You mean a thank you for getting it on with you? Hmm. (laughs) This is such an amazing story and excuse. This is so believable. She goes on to say, I just found it there in the couch cushions. Ah, so convenient. (laughs) detective gladden was sitting in there and he was like when you found this why didn't you inform us about this evidence that had been missing from your home like this crucial evidence oh dolly she said i didn't think it was that important and i really didn't want to complicate things for everybody so i just kept it to myself (laughs) um sure okay Detective Klein was piecing this together. With Fred gone, Dolly had inherited millions and millions of dollars in life insurance and was free to do whatever she wanted and whoever she wanted. No ties, no worries. Good plan. Live your best life. But she couldn't have pulled the trigger. She was locked in the closet that locked from the outside. So how did she almost pull this off? I said almost, guys, because, yeah, if you haven't caught on yet by now, he he, she is our lover, secret lover, passionate, 
a fair woman who killed her husband for the money. <sighs> or did she? But she did do it. Now she had to have a partner, so who was it? This is just drama. Like, why, guys? Seriously? Like, I'm going to take a sip of my beer. Oh, and I also have to check the Colts game because they're playing right now, and it's been tied, like, this whole time. Ah, damn it. The Texans have 23. The Colts have 17. Come on, Colts. It's quarter four. Anyway, sorry. Get a sidetrack. Um, why, why do women kill their husbands for insurance money? Just get the divorce. Same with husbands. Sometimes they kill their wives for insurance money. Like, just get the freaking divorce. Which actually, you know what? In 1922, 23, was divorce a thing? I don't know. Anyway. Now, DeVises started investigating right away into Shapiro because he's like, he had the watch. They were lovers. Could it, they have done this together? So they dug on him and nope. It couldn't have been him. He didn't actually even know Dolly before Fred was killed. So, okay, he's out. But he's still a weird secret lover. Okay. But he's not the only secret lover. Is he a new lover? What is going on? So who was it? Who helped her kill Fred? Now they dug some more and bingo. Bingo, bingo, bingo. They learned about a man that Dolly had been dating on the side before Fred died, and she might have still very well been seen. <sighs> she really is busy. She really is living her best life. Like, I'm slightly jealous. No, I'm not. I don't want side men. I love my husband. Now, this man was Roy Clum, and I'm going to tell you right now, Roy is a dumbass. He's dating Dolly for one, but no, he's just really a dumbass. But Dolly is just dating two men at the same time. Like, I'm at this point, is anyone else shocked? No. Um, but she's dating two guys at once, and one of them's really he's he's dumb. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't even. <laughs> now he actually went down to the station because yeah, he's a scorn lover, and he had some information on her, and he's like. If she's going to fuck me over, then I'm going to fuck her over too. Even harder. He said that shortly after Fred was killed, Dolly came to him and gave him the broken parts of a 22 caliber revolver wrapped in a handkerchief and then told him to throw it where no one could find it. Wow, that's very specific information. <laughs> but he didn't just question it like, what? Like, you want me to do what? What is this? What? Uh, like... Goodness gracious, people. <laughs> I can't with people. Oh, I don't know. Like, why? Like, why didn't he question her or go to the police sooner? Like, why are people like this? And this happens too much, sadly. Now, he did say that he loved Dolly very much. So he took it to a tar pit in a, like, box and then just chucked it. Like he threw it into the tar pit. <laughs> Yay! Back to happy, nasty love with Dolly. Yay! But he's dumb because he didn't have great throw. So the package landed on the edge of the pit. And police just went over there and like picked it right up. 
evidence, baby. I mean, thank you for being dumb. <laughs> and I mean, Roy, you did do the right thing, but it's a little too late. But bravo, and thank you for sucking at throwing. Thank you. This case thanks you. Back at the station, Dolly goes, uh, <laughs> like they're just pulling her in there left right. This case makes me laugh because Dolly is also very stupid. <laughs> now, this time, Detective Klein wanted to know, why did you give your boyfriend number two or number one, I don't know if he came before Shapiro, a broken caliber and asking to get rid of it? Did this have anything to do with the fact that this was the gun used to kill your husband? Dolly, well, she had an answer for that. Of course she did. She found it while cleaning, just like the pocket watch. She was like, how crazy would it be if I had a gun in the house while this investigation was happening? It's so strange that it's the same gun that killed my husband. I'm an excellent cleaner. What else can I find? <laughs> Detective Klein now had two pieces of evidence that connected Dolly to this. He's very confident that she had something to do with it. And Oh, yeah, girl, because on July 22nd, or no, July 12th, 1923, Dolly was officially arrested. Oh, my gosh, finally. Husband killer, bye. Now, this was all over the newspapers. And with Dolly behind bars, people felt safe that they could go to police now with information that they had. Again, I don't understand this. I don't understand. Like, go to the police. If you know something, go to the police. Isn't it the way it always goes, letting their guard down, and now it's like, oh, I'm going to tell the police. Like, tell the police when you know. <sighs> One of her neighbors, I don't know if it was a male or a female. Couldn't find anything on that. But I do know that one of her neighbors said that shortly after Fred was murdered, that she went to them and asked them to get rid of a gun as well. So she has like two guns now? What the fuck, crazy bitch? Wow. This neighbor said that uh, she told them that she feared that she was going to be suspected of a murder since she had this other gun in her possession. They were just trying to be neighborly and helped her out by burying the gun in their yard for her. What is wrong with people? Like, where in your head's like, she just told me like her husband was murdered and she has this gun and she's going to uh, ask me to bury it for her. Like, what? I'm sorry, what? You're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> now, police are like, okay, can you show us? And they were like, yeah, it's over here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I like my neighbors, but I would never do this for you, okay? If you listen to my podcast, I don't know if you do. I don't even think you know I have a podcast. I'm not going to commit a crime for you. Is that a crime, though? I don't know. But anyway, I'm not going to do it for you. I'm not going to hide a gun. If you murder somebody, no, you're on your own. As this neighbor read more and more into the headlines that were out, this neighbor is like, my stomach hurts. I don't feel so good about the decision I made. Really now? You don't? Not when it was happening? And I have to pause this because my cat is being a menace. Okay, so I am not judging because I wasn't there, but it's like, hello, common sense people, just saying. And that is all where it went. <laughs> like nothing came of that. Now, Dolly was being held on $50,000 bail, which, wow, that seems like a lot back in 1922. Ugh. 
She had a trial set for December. It began and only one was there to testify against her, which was Ray Klum, the scorn lover. There was hardly any evidence, so the charges were dropped and she was free to go. What a wild ride for this, just to be let go. But like I said, don't worry, this is not an unsolved case and we know who shot Fred. And this story is not over yet. So Dolly, she was able to just walk free and she had this millions of dollars that Fred left her that she got. She moved on with her life and with some of the money, she bought herself a new LA home, just putting everything behind her. Detective Klein, he wasn't letting this go because he was lurking her and he was like, hmm, Dolly, I see you. Yeah, he was lurking and looking at her still. Like, he goes deep in her. Detective Klein is the man. He really is. His gut is still going. It's going off. And he knows she did this and needs to be in jail. Now, he was very worried that he wasn't even going to be able to prove this. And seven years go by. Dolly just living her life with her boys. Sexing it up. With her millions. In 1930, her and Shapiro broke up. Oh, and it did not end well. Oh, boo-hoo, I'm sorry, Dolly. Well, you guys are actually together for like a long time, but you had other guys on the side, so it doesn't surprise me you guys broke up. <sighs> Shapiro just had to go to the police with more information. <sighs> oh, they broke up now, so whoa. Well, he went there about Dolly and her weird behavior that Klein was so like suspicious on. Ah, these people all the time. Ugh, like, just go to the place when you know something. And he's a lawyer, for Christ's sake. This is crazy and wild. I don't even know how to pray or parry for this one. As he said, Ooh, this is a lot, guys. He said, while he was her lawyer and still her lover, he was visiting her in jail, and she makes an odd request to him. She asked him to go buy a bag of groceries and then deliver the groceries to her home. He was like, for why? Because you're in jail and you don't have a husband anymore. So why do you need these groceries? I feel like those groceries might go bad by the time you get out. My dude, you're not wrong. This was just very weird. Dolly, here comes Dolly in jail. She's like, oh my gosh, silly me. I didn't tell you who they were for. Now she tells him that they are for her half-brother who was staying there and he had no money and she was worried that him being by himself, he would starve to death. He was like, wow, okay, I don't want him to do that. I'm And I'm actually really excited to meet your brother. She was like, whoa, 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 homie, my dude, slow down, okay? I haven't given you a list yet and I have very specific instructions that you need to follow. Here is a list, and you are going to bring these groceries to the second floor and place them right beneath the attic door. Once you do, scratch at the door three times and then get the fuck out of there immediately. <sighs> scratch? Like, why not knock? Scratch? Weird. She's like, my brother does not like people, and he is afraid. Again, why scratch at the door, not knock? So you're afraid of knocking? Shapiro really loved her, and it's, like, really sad because he really did. He's like, 
Okay, I'll scratch that door for you. <laughs> Weird. But he really did love her, like I said. So he headed out and grabbed the groceries on the list and headed over, and he did what he was told. Except for one thing. <laughs> he didn't leave after he scratched the door. He waited. He wanted to meet this brother of hers. He waited, and a few minutes later, a small man opens the attic door, and he was wearing glasses. He looked to be around the age of 30, if he had to guess, and he was very startled to see a man standing there. But after a few minutes of silence, he reached out his hand and said, Hi, I'm Otto Sanhuber. Shapiro was like, Hey, great to meet you. You must be Dolly's brother. He looked at him stunned and said, Brother? I'm her lover. Oh, wow. Another secret lover. <laughs> Did anybody see that coming? This is why I love this case. This is just like, how many lovers does she have hiding in the house? Shapiro's like, uh, no, I am. So they're both looking at each other confused. But being a lawyer, he asks questions. So he's like, hey, what's going on with you and Dolly? <laughs> Otto he hasn't talked to anybody in a very, very long while, like very long. So he was just super eager to tell him all about his sex life with Dolly. Ugh. Gross. He tells them this whole story about how he grew up in Milwaukee and then he worked for Fred. Do you know Fred? I had been working for him to repair sewing machines and I had been working for him since I was 15 years old. He met Dolly through the plant when he was 17. Keep that in mind, 17. When Fred came to him and said that Dolly's sewing machine at home was in need of repair, he asked him, hey, could you go over to our house and check it out for her? Oh, 17-year-old Otto. Otto heads out to the house to fix this sewing machine. But Dolly, poor Dolly, she had other plans in mind. She opens the door to this boy, and I said boy because he's 17 with a silk robe on and stockings, nothing else. What the fuck? And this started, this day actually started a year long affair. He is 17 and she's like 30, I think. Sick. Well, I don't know if that's what she was old at that time, but she's older than him, like a lot older than him. Otto said that the two of them had sexual fun Eight to ten times a day, every day since then. I call bullshit. No human can do that. No man can do that. Maybe a woman. Sorry, guys. It's true. No woman. I can't even do that. Fuck, what am I saying? Men. I can't even do that. This is a fantasy auto that you have, you wish. He said they started off at hotels to do the sex and then headed their separate ways. And then Dolly eventually started to invite Otto to the house to get the nasty on while Fred was at work. Yeah, that seems right. <laughs> she told the neighbors that he was her half-brother, so gross. So they wouldn't suspect, like just ew. After a while of this, she was worried that the neighbors were going to start suspect with how much he was over. And she also felt like Fred was catching on. Oh, really, girl? You think so? Don't worry, though, because Dolly's full of great ideas, and she, she knows what she wants. She convinced Otto to leave his job at Fred's plant and just move in with her and Fred into their attic. 
<sighs> that way, when Fred was at work, they could do the nasty and the neighbors nor Fred could catch on. That sounds like a brilliant plan. Genius. So Otto agreed. Very sad because he was an orphan and he didn't have anyone. And he really wanted to please her. So he was just like, I'm going to do it. He was never able to leave that attic. Like, he's just an attic boy. And he was at Dolly's beck and call for relations, for anything she wanted. When they weren't doing it, he would read. <laughs> sounds weird. When he weren't doing it, he would read detective novels, and he even started to write his own. But he was good at that. Otto, you suck. But I don't feel, I do actually feel really bad for Otto because she's like kind of grooming him. He was 17. He had nobody. And that's just the saddest thing I've ever heard. He's like her sex slave. And he even said that later on. At night when Dolly and Fred went to bed, he would sneak down and grab a snack or one of Fred's fancy cigars. So there you go. Mystery solved. Why Fred would mention to Dolly all the time that food, money, and random things were going missing. And he was most certainly hearing things because those feet, <laughs> you know, pouncing around. And Fred would even see shadows because, hello, it was Otto. Dolly would tell him, no, you've been drinking. There's nothing there. But again, it was Otto. This affair went on for five years. Just Otto living up there above him. This is insanity because it went on that long. Like, if he was, like, a 30-year-old man and agreed to this, cool. You be you. But he was 17. Otto cleaned all the house while Fred was at work. There you go. He would come down and do all the things that Dolly said she did. And then he'd go back up before Fred got home. And sometimes Dolly would try to sneak books up and food up to him. Okay, well, that makes it better. No, it doesn't. Now, this was in the Milwaukee house, by the way. So when Fred wanted to expand his plant in L.A., they were planning to move out there, Dolly was insistent that he bought a house with an addict. So Fred found one, which was hard to find because houses in L.A. with addicts, maybe even in that time frame, not hard, but he found one. Good old Fred. Before they moved, she sent Otto out to L.A. and told him to get himself up in the attic and get himself set up before the movers arrived. He was able to, and he did, because that is wild. He'd already been living in their attic for five years already, and he's like, okay, here we go. Get a new place. He was probably scared. He had nobody, no job, so of course he left and went. It is all just very sad. So he's telling Shapiro all about this and his journey there and here, and they are now standing at the attic door. It continues when the conversation steered toward Fred's murder. Dum, dum, dum. Otto knew all about this murder. <laughs> Shocking, of course, he lived in the attic. He told him that those break-ins that they had originally had were real, and then one day when Dolly was out and Fred was at work, he went out and got himself a gun to protect them if need be. He said that he felt a great responsibility to protect the house, Dolly, and Fred. I mean, that is just the saddest thing. Seriously, Otto, the night of Fred's murder, he was just chilling in the attic reading a story when he heard Fred and Dolly come home. He said that he heard them very loudly arguing. Ugh, bullshit, they fought. Of course they did. They're loudly arguing. 
He said they were loudly arguing with one another, and he remembered that Dolly had told him that Fred had been abusive towards her. Before, not all the time. Now, Otto thinking that Dolly's in trouble this time, he runs downstairs with his gun. He got downstairs and he saw Dolly on the floor with Fred standing over her. Fred looked over, saw Otto, and thought this was a burglar, so he lunged at Otto. The two started wrestling over the gun and it, a shot fired into the ceiling. And this caught Fred off guard, so Otto was able to grab the gun. And then he shot Fred once in the head and then twice in the chest. Fred was dead almost immediately and almost likely before he hit the floor. Now he's telling Shapiro all this. And by he has no idea he's a lawyer either. He tells him this whole house staging thing was his idea and he locked Dolly in the closet leaving the key on the table so that she could easily be released. Ah, so thoughtful. Gag me. He took Fred's pocket watch and then destroyed the house. He returned to the attic and then sat there as police searched the house. You know, it must have been all those detective novels paying off for his heist, if you even call it that. He was up there the whole time. Also, why didn't the police check the attic? Who knows? Who knows? That's not important, but they didn't. <laughs> He's just chilling up there, probably reading his detective novel. He's like, ooh, I wonder what they're doing up there. Maybe I can do this too. This is when Dolly started to scream when she knew she was when he when she knew he was safe, sorry. Wow, what the fuck, right? A secret lover in the attic kills her husband. Okay, so wait, this is a new LA home. So he is still living in the attic? He was free to go wherever. Because he was killed in the previous LA home. And they're now standing at the new LA home under the attic. He tells jury late, juries later that he and Dolly's 10 years of his relationship was based on her dominance and his submission. Yep, 100%. 100%, my friend. He said that he was essentially her sex slave. Yep, 100%. Shapiro was very overwhelmed by all this and just thought he was meeting her brother. <laughs> like, <laughs> my dude, I know. I know. Well, Shapiro really did love her. I don't I don't hate Shapiro, but I don't love him. <laughs> Shapiro's like, you got to get the fuck out of here and go to Canada. Why is it always Canada <laughs> or Mexico? <laughs> Mm. Gosh, so off Otto goes to Canada. That's just, you know, there you go. All the evidence is coming from her lovers. <laughs> Police would never found out anything if it wasn't for Dolly herself and her lovers. Like if she wasn't such a whore and her lovers were so dumb. She just had to hire a lawyer over this and loved on him and then sent this lover to over to another lover. It's so confusing, but it's not. Shapiro tells police all this, of course, and they find Otto in Canada. Good police work. Good job, Shapiro. Now, Otto had remarried, or he hadn't remarried. He married a woman because, wow, that was fast. And he was now going by the name of Walter Klein. <laughs> but he was very quickly pulled back to L.A. and questioned and then stand for trial for the murder of Fred. 
He told police everything that he told Shapiro, and in his eyes, it was self-defense for Dolly, and that he was actually scared himself. Now, Dolly was called back in. Dolly herself was not concerned with any of this because she didn't pull the trigger. Well, that's not true. Say bye to that comfortable life you have, bitch. His siblings, Fred's siblings, would be contesting the will. Hell yeah! They found a will, and they found that it would left them $50,000 to his old plant manager, his siblings, and some other people. 30000 was only to go to her, uh, Dolly, and her mother. As the trial was about to begin, they got a tip that Otto was going to burn down the Milwaukee plant. So was Otto bribed by Dolly to do this? That he just went away that they couldn't, like, that just went away. They couldn't prove that it was him, but they had suspicions that it was because of everything. And that second will wasn't proved to be real. So sadly, the siblings didn't get anything. And Otto was indicted for the murder of Fred on April 11th, 1930. Just wild. Dolly was keeping quiet, but she was indicted, and it had been eight years since Fred's death. So Dolly and Otto were originally going to be tried together for Fred's murder. Otto's lawyers were like, nope, try separately. But nope, that didn't happen, and they were going to be tried together because the judge didn't allow that. Dolly's advisor threw an appeal at that, and they won. So all said and done, they were tried separately. Otto would be tried first, with Dolly going second after his was over. Now, he was tried at the beginning of June. His plan was to tell the jury, or plead insanity, and then, you know, that wasn't really going to work. So he was going to tell the jury the same story that he had told Shapiro. But his lawyers were like, no. Say that Shapiro told you this to protect Dolly. So he tells the grand jury this story that he was told to say to protect Dolly and thought it was the only way for him to be caught for the murder. Like, he's saying that basically if he protected Dolly was for him to be caught for the murder, but he didn't do it. He said this Shapiro story, but he was scared by the shotgun and he huddled up in the attic the whole time. He was scared and he had not killed Fred. Now, he has told so many stories by now. He's got like three stories that he's told the jury. <sighs> they did point out that he was 17 at the time that she was dating him and two others at the same time, <laughs> that she was the femme fatale of this all. Oh boy, was she. In the end, the DA was able to prove that Otto was not the scared boy in the attic that he claimed to be, that he was able to go and come as he pleased. They even had a joint bank account together at one point. So yeah, he was able to go and as he pleased, really. He was a willing man in another man's murder in early July 1930. Both sides rested their cases. Jury came back and read the verdict of guilty. So Otto was found guilty of the murder of Fred Osterich, and he was found guilty of manslaughter. When sentencing came the next day, the judge ordered that Otto had to spend zero days in prison. He was free to go because the statute of limitations on Lance Slaughter had run out. Dolly's trial was very similar, and the DA was very planned to get his 
millions that Dolly shot Fred by whipping out a secret pistol that she had hidden in a compartment in the home. No, she didn't. She didn't have any hidden in the compartments. <laughs> she didn't shoot him. Otto did, but she didn't stop it. But she did have some guns, you know, so. And she did hide a whole man in the attic, so who knows? Who knows what she had? Who knows? I mean, she found stuff cleaning. I mean, she's a genius. Her lawyers were very, very good lawyers, like uh, top-notch, like big names. And they said that they did not plan this and that Otto just walked downstairs one day and shot Fred. Now, the jury took two days to decide, and on August 24th, they told the judge that they were a deadlock. They were given the night and then reconvened in the morning, and they still couldn't decide they were still at a deadlock, so this was a mistrial. Dolly sat in her sale as the DA decided if this was worth a retrial, and they decided no because of the time and money that it would be spent on this, and then if she were found guilty as well as manslaughter, she was going to go away free because of the statute of limitations anyway. In December 1930, Dolly was released from custody and was able to live out the rest of her life in L.A. with a new man. Mm -hmm, that's right, Ray Burke. Ray Burke Hedrick. She also got to keep her millions from Fred, which is fucked the fuck up. Seriously, like, she needs to rot in hell. She and Ray, they married two years after being together. And then two weeks after they were married, she died on April 14th, 1961, at the age of 80. Otto went back to Canada with his wife after the trial, who stuck by him. And he ended up dying in 1948. So, yeah, he died before her. And there you have it, this wild and crazy case. Whew, guys, that case just is woo-wee. I don't know if I'm going to do an Instagram post tonight because I'm still doing laundry. <laughs> I got to put my sheets on my bed and stuff. So I might not do a post tonight, but it will be posted tomorrow when this episode comes out. Um, I will link my socials below like always. And I do appreciate all the love and support that I've been receiving. I log in every day and I just see new listeners, new followers. Like it's just incredible that we're on episode 47, I'm almost on 50, like, oh my god, I'm trying to plan for a 50, like, big one, I don't know what to do, I'm going to Vegas in a week too, so I'm trying to knock out two cases right now, I'm trying to research two cases and record two so that I can have them both come out, because I don't know if I can't get it done, then there won't be a new episode the week that I'm in Vegas, because I won't be able to research, um, but I'm going to try to make it happen. I'll keep you posted. But thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope 2024 has been a blessed one for you so far. As I mentioned, I'm going to try to be a better version of myself. And right now I'm going to go put the sheets on my bed and then paint my nails and drink some more beer and then pass the fuck out on my clean sheets. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't trip up my words more. But with that said, I hope you stay happy, you stay healthy, you make good choices. You don't have secret lovers in the attic. No, no, nay, nay, no. You don't have that secret lover in the attic 
why you have two other boyfriends on the side. Kill your husband. Okay, no. But most importantly, you stay alive. I will talk to you all later. Bye.